This show features adult content and adult language, so listener discretion is advised. When I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. What's up? What's up with it, everybody? Welcome to the Bad Cow Podcast Show. First things first, before we get started, I just want to say thank you to the returning listeners who came back, the new listeners who stopped by. You both chose to have me in your speakers today, and I really appreciate it. As always, I hope you enjoy today's badness. Here we go. Sup with it, everybody. Quick question. Have you ever had that, like, sink to the pit of your stomach feeling when you're, like, hella embarrassed? Like, oh, my God, you just want to, like, curl up in a ball and die? That's how I feel when I listen to my last episode. Fuck. Who the fuck signed off on that shit? (laughs) Wow. You know, they can't all be winners. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, so glad you're here for this Women's Wednesday. It's a special one. Um, Today we're going to talk about one of the arguably most famous women in history. And very much so one of the most misunderstood women in history. Like of all time. Since like beginning of time. Not beginning of time. Okay, this is, we're not talking about Eve today. We are talking about somebody else from the Bible though. And that is Mary Magdalene. I want to clear up any misunderstandings. Mary Magdalene is not the Virgin Mary. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the faith or the scripture, maybe just connected those two based on their first names. Mary was like a super common name for women back then. And usually they were designated by towns that they lived in. Magdalene, Mary Magdalene was from the town of Magdala. And she is not the same as the Virgin Mary, okay? Okay. Virgin Mary was Jesus' mother. Mary Magdalene was like just some dope-ass buddy he had. Like a real dope-ass buddy. Like a seriously freaking devoted-ass ride-or-die buddy. Over the years, a lot of dots have been connected in terms of who Mary Magdalene was prior to her becoming one of Jesus' devoted followers. We're going to talk about those today. We're going to talk about how a lot of that is unfounded as far as being able to be proven in the scripture. And the reason I want to talk about her today is obviously because I'm I'm like the picture epitome of Christian, right? Poster child for it. <laughs> no. What I am the epitome poster child of is a sinner, for sure. Somebody who falls short, but somebody that is still so thankful to know the word of God, to have learned about God, and to have had God in my life over the years because I probably wouldn't be here without it. Without his guidance, without his teachings, without what I learned as a child in me, I don't think I'd be sitting here. So the Bible's kind of important to me. Although the way people interpret the Bible has been, you know, kind of productive in my opinion. And I don't think it's every, I don't think it's an intentional thing people do. And I definitely think that people who often mean well as far as spreading the word of God They don't even know. Apparently there was this dickhead, Pope Gregory, who like kind of, I mean, maybe he's not a dickhead. Let me not say that. He just had a misunderstanding at one point about stories and parables in the Bible that he assumed or connected to. Maybe he did do it intentionally. I don't know. I wasn't there. But he connected these to Mary Magdalene and they were not exactly flattering uh, portrayals of her. So one thing I hear about Mary Magdalene a lot, that a lot of people continue to uh, perpetuate in in sermons and 
conversations and studies about the Bible, a lot of people associate Mary Magdalene with being a prostitute. Okay. Um, although she very well could have been, as far as that being spelled out in scripture, there's not a voice, a, a verse you can point to that says, and she was a prostitute or she lived any kind of a moral life, really. There's only one sentence in the Bible that speaks to Mary's life before she came to follow Jesus and had nothing to do with prostitution. Another verse in the Bible that is often associated with Mary is one that points or paints her to be an adulterer. And we'll quickly talk about those two stories real fast. But again, in that verse as well, there's nothing that says, and this person was Mary Magdalene. Um, so the first verse, and I'm not going to sit here and do a, a whole full throttle Bible study with you guys, so don't panic. Um, the first story that's often associated with Mary is the story about a woman coming to wash Jesus' feet with an alabaster thing of perfume, right? So this lady comes in, washes Jesus' feet with her tears and her hair, and he looks at her and he's like, go and sin no more, lady. You know, you're forgiven. And at that time, a lot of people were looking at Jesus like, what the fuck? Does he not know that this is an immoral woman? And in those times, in a lot of parts in the Bible, they decipher or hear the word immoral and associate it with prostitute. We don't, I mean, I don't even think it says that for sure in that part of the Bible about that woman. It just says immoral. Back then, though, when it comes to women, that was usually the, that's what that meant, you know? Uh, lady of the night. Everybody knows what that means. Kind of thing like that. And although that's a great story because it illustrates how not only this woman's faith, but it demonstrates Jesus's ability to forgive and his insistence on forgiving, his insistence that we all fall short and that whoever has sinned more is is typically more grateful for what they've been forgiven for. He gives, in that moment, he gives a story, a little scenario about if I gave somebody 50 bucks and I gave another man 500 bucks and neither one could repay me and I told him they didn't have to, who would be more grateful? And we all naturally assume, well, the guy that gave, you know, got 500 bucks from you. Exactly. Whoever had been forgiven more debt would naturally be more thankful. Um... And that's all, that's all good and well. That story is awesome. It gives me a lot of fucking hope because trust, he gave me like mm, five million. But there's nothing in scripture, there's nothing actually spelled out in the gospel connecting Mary Magdalene to this woman or definitely not having been this woman. She, I guess she could have been, but you can't prove it by the scripture. The next little parable, the next little scenario that Mary is connected with is the one of an, a woman who's being brought in front of Jesus as having been caught in the act of adultery, which at the time was punishable by being stoned to death. Yikes. I don't. I think I've said it on this podcast a couple times, but this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And when a friend of mine told me that this person in here was Mary Magdalene, I was like, no shit. I didn't know that. I had no idea. I love that story. How did I not know that? Well, because it doesn't say it is. Um, and no fault of my friends. I think, again, I think people who have really good intentions and are, are doing the Lord's work and trying to uh, push his love and his gospel and his teachings around the world to anybody that's willing to listen, they mean well. But it, again, this is a very easy associative mistake. It's guesswork. Because again, there's no 
proof in this story that this woman is Mary Magdalene. In this story, the Pharisees who are always trying to trap Jesus in some type of con like contradiction in his teachings versus how people are supposed to conduct themselves, blah, 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 blah. They're like, ooh, Jesus, we just caught this bitch. We caught her in adultery. What are we supposed to do? Because you said we're supposed to like love and forgive everybody, but the law says we got to throw some rocks at this bitch. And that's when Jesus was like, you know what? Pump your brakes, motherfucker. Whoever here is without sin, without sin, completely clean, completely moral, completely innocent, and all that jazz, go ahead. You can throw the first stone. Go ahead. And they went away one by one because didn't nobody have a sinless life. <clears throat> it's a great story. Another one that gives us a visual, an image, an illustration of how we all fall short. That you could be coming from a life of sex work. You could be coming from a life of adultery. You could be coming from a life of sin, whatever that might have been. And God's still going to be like, you know what? Nobody better than you. And you're no better than anybody else. And that's how it should be. I wish we would look at each other like that. But oftentimes we don't. And that's not the point I'm trying to make. What I'm trying to say is even this woman. There is no clear cut scriptural connection that this woman is Mary Magdalene. Interesting, huh? Because a lot of people seem to believe that. You can thank Pope Gregory for that and his sloppy Bible study, for real. The only thing in the scripture that it says about Mary Magdalene's life before she was a follower of Jesus was that she was possessed by demons. Seven, to be correct. But it never says that she lived in a moral life. If anything, it says that she's got like some private funds that she basically supports Jesus with on his journeys throughout his um, teachings. When he's traveling and he's healing people turning water into wine and shit, Mary and some other women, they were like funding that whole thing. Really, there's not much that ties an immoral characteristic of any kind to Mary. Not even the demon possession. In the Bible, demon possession is often, I mean, not even often, it's always viewed as an affliction. In other terms, like an illness something that was put upon somebody, not something that they earned through a life of sin. You know, like if you're a prostitute and you're fucking around and you get syphilis and die, that's kind of a result of a immoral life, right? Even though that's technically an affliction. But this is not that. Um, in the Bible, in a, a slew of places where it talks about other people who are being, who have been possessed, they live tormented, ruined, isolated lives screaming at the top of their lungs constantly fucking cutting themselves with stones and shit they are not happy people they're miserable and that's probably putting it lightly and we can only assume that since mary had seven of them motherfuckers possessing her she was probably extremely miserable i mean possession was seen as something that even if you were to get the demons out of you even if they were cast out of you you were left with some fucking physical scars and shit like blindness muteness deafness um, seizures, shit like that. So I think it's safe to say that Mary did not come out of her past life unscathed, although Jesus was able to relieve her of this. Um, it doesn't say that she was ever immoral. If anything, it seems like everybody left her the fuck alone if she was possessed by seven demons. Probably didn't have no friends, especially ones that could have said, yeah, uh, she's a hoe. I just think that's really interesting that she was so misportrayed and so mischaracterized and just completely left to be this most misunderstood women of all time.
She was devoted. Because, yes, although people who live a life of sin are obviously grateful and thankful to be forgiven for those sins and to be seen as clean again and born again, but Mary over here, like, innocent as fuck and just tortured, tormented, living a life of actual fucking misery and horrible pain and horrific suffering. And then she's healed. I'd probably walk around after that motherfucker for the rest of my life, too, whoever healed me, you know? It's pretty interesting how how slandered she's been over the years. And that's why I wanted to talk about her today, not only to just clear the record, but being somebody who is often misunderstood myself. Now, granted, I'm very, I have a very immoral past, admittedly. I'm not exactly the innocent that somebody was just, you know, painting me in the wrong light. No, I, I did that shit willingly twice, probably. So, but, but in living that way, I was often misunderstood as like a bad person or a lazy person or a dumb person or a mean person or even an evil intention person. I'm none of those things. I'm pretty generous. I'm pretty, I, I, I try to be bubbly. I try to be a, a pleasant presence for people. And it can suck when people do snap judgments or when they connect dots that have nothing to do with you. You know, it can leave you with a reputation for thousands of years that's not even yours. But this is one of Jesus's most devoted disciples. One of the only women who's mentioned in the Bible more than however many times. She was there at his crucifixion. She was the first one he revealed himself to after he rose from the dead. Mary's pretty dope and I don't think she gets enough credit. And she was the one that was funding it like a sugar mama, basically. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not saying she's a sugar mama. And I know that a lot of the terms I use are probably pretty fucking blasphemous when it talks to this stuff, but I just try to appeal to people who come from different backgrounds, people that aren't brought up in the church with all the holier-than-thous, hosannas, and is whatever. This is for everybody else that maybe hasn't heard the word. <laughs> I'm just trying to connect with them because I think they are deserving of hearing it too, and I think they usually will be more receptive if it's somebody like me who's communicating it to them. But maybe I'm just giving myself, you know, too much credit. I don't know, but I just, I, I think the... The uh, colorful language I use, it at least breaks up the seriousness of it. Because although the Bible is a really, it's probably the most important book, if we can look at it as a teaching set of encyclopedias versus just a book with a whole bunch of really hard phonetic language in it or, you know, a bunch of rules and laws that we're not supposed to do this, that, and the other, it's not like that. If you really were to intentionally sit down and study it with your heart, seeking the truth that it has for you, you'll find that it's actually a pretty fucking rad uh, set of books. Because it's not just one book. It's like a library of books. It's a collection of books over years. And I don't know. I just hope that sheds light on Mary Magdalene for you because I don't think she deserves to be remembered or honored the way that she is now. A lot of Another thing that is a common rumor of her is that she was Jesus' wife. And I think this is based on a verse after he rose where it says that Mary Magdalene ran to Simon Peter. And next to Simon Peter was a disciple whom Jesus loved. But it's like in that sentence, it kind of it's obvious that that's not Mary. Right. It's saying that Mary ran to these people, Simon Peter and the loved one. So how can she run to herself? There's like a whole third person there. There's a lot of different conspiracies and. Again, guesswork type assumptions made about Mary Magdalene that just aren't true. Understand that this woman was completely beyond grateful 
and probably felt indebted to Jesus for the rest of her life for having cured her of this affliction of seven demons. It's like some Emily Rose shit. I just feel like she deserved at least somebody attempting to clear her name because it's been it's been smeared for centuries. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that little history lesson about Mary Magdalene. Dope chick. And please, like, if anybody is a spiritual person and, and you ever hear something that isn't something you heard before, or if, if you feel like a fellow follower maybe is misunderstanding what the scripture is saying, feel free to enlighten them in a, in a polite way. Because it it's a very common misunderstanding about her, that the things I said today. A lot of people feel that way, even religious people, like religious leaders and shit. They make these connections that are just not there to prove via the text. Always do your own research, people. Ask questions and shit, okay? All right, everyone, stay prayed up. Until next time. Actually, wait really quick before we go. I just want to give a shout out to my friend for her birthday today. Forever young, bitch. Enjoy the day. I'm so glad to be celebrating another year of you. I know you guys have heard me talk about her on the podcast before. She's the one where it's like, sometimes we are for real polar opposites, but we just get each other. And we're down. And we're real. It's just nice when there's a kindred spirit in your life. You know what I mean? You only need a couple of them, and I'm glad I have one in this girl. Enjoy your day, bitch. Birthdays suck at our age, but it's still your day and you rock it. All right, now I'm leaving. All right, everybody, that about wraps it up for today. We got another one in the books. Thank you again so much for your listening support. I can't tell you how much it means to me. If you ever want to shout me out or come see what else I'm up to when I'm not in your speakers, feel free. I'm on Instagram at Bad Cow Podcast, Facebook on Bad Cow Podcast Show. And if you ever want to reach me directly, you can do so at badcowpodcastshow at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from you. See you next time. Bye. Ah.